Welcome back to the 5-Minute Bible Lesson. If you can't tell by the title, we're jumping into a very heavy topic that really can't be answered alone in just 5 minutes. I mean, it can be, but there might be a lot of questions, so I will do my justice. We're looking at Revelation chapter 13, and I can't read all the verses today. I'm not going to. We're just going to jump into the topic. I encourage you to read it in your own time, but you were probably already familiar with it. It's the famous chapter where everybody quotes. It's about the, the beast and the false prophet and the number 666 on the hand and forehead. And I'm sure if you know anything, whether you're a member of the Church of Christ or other denominations throughout the world, You've probably heard a lot of talk about this chapter, and especially the mark of the beast, as you might have heard it be called throughout the world. And you've probably heard a lot of chatter about it in modern times. You know, is it something that's coming? Is it something that's here? Is it something that's been? And I simply want to talk a little bit about church history today. So, back in the Roman Empire, Caesar was referred to as Lord. That's who was the Lord of the empire. You had to refer to Caesar as Lord, kind of like how we refer to our president as commander-in-chief. I mean, maybe not to the same degree, but Caesar was referred to as Lord. And if you did not refer to Caesar as Lord, it was not only disrespectful, but it was really taken as treason. It was that bad. You know, if I don't call my president commander-in-chief, it's fine. We live in a world of hashtag not my president, as you've heard throughout the past elections, whether you were somebody saying it or not. We live in a free society that we can blatantly say that, and we don't have to worry about being killed for that. But back then, Caesar, he had, you had to call him Lord. That, that was just the world they lived in. Also, another fact to keep in mind before we put this story together was a lot of people that came to faith in Jesus Christ, although there were people from all different walks of life, in the Roman Empire, a major group of people that came to faith were the slaves and the poor. And if you know anything about slaves and the poor, they had to work. Imagine that. I think we can all relate. But they had to work. And I don't think they had weekends off. I really would hope they did. But they had to work. And they had to work from sunrise to sunset, and the only time they were able to gather as Christians in the body of Christ to worship Jesus, partake of communion, sing songs, and study the word, was after dark. And if you know anything about Rome, secret meetings, or meetings in general after dark, were considered treason, especially if the slaves and the poor were meeting after dark. How scandalous. How scary, especially since the Spartacus rebellions were still on everybody's mind. The poor and the slaves were meeting secretly at night, and they were calling somebody else Lord? Now that, that has treason written all over it, especially the fact that there were rumors going around about this group being cannibals. They were, they were partaking of one's flesh and blood. In other words, communion, but people referred to it that way. You know how rumors go around. People also called the Christians in the first century atheists because they didn't believe in multiple gods. They believed in one true God, and so they were considered atheists for not worshiping the, quote, gods, unquote. Now, what am I getting at? Well, here we have the scandalous group that's meeting after dark. They're calling another man Lord. So Caesar, having Lord envy, as we might say, wanted to test the people. He always did any of the Caesars, especially Nero and Domitian, that being who 666 being referring to. But anywho, they had Caesar envy, and so they would go throughout Rome, and they would set up a booth, and they would tell the people to come before Caesar, pinch some incense, and say the following, quote, Caesar is Lord, unquote. 
Well, the Roman, the Roman people would come and they would do it and they would get what's called a mark or a labelli, which simply stated that they were a faithful Roman citizen, they worshipped the Lord, that was Caesar, and they were allowed to continue on in their life to buy and sell and live freely. But the Christians, they would go towards Caesar and they would say, Jesus is Lord. And so they were immediately led out back and beheaded for the faith. They did not receive their mark or their labelli. And that's simply what this verse is talking about. And there's also another instance in the Roman Empire with the guilds. If you wanted to buy and sell and be a part of Roman society, you had to be a part of a guild. And if you wanted to be a part of a guild, you had to typically worship whatever entity or, quote, God, unquote, was, I guess, the one that was worshipped by that guild. Uh, a good example of this today is there's an electrician's guild not too far from where I live that I almost... Uh, worked for when I was out of school where you went and you joined this guild and then you're uh, given different electrician jobs like a trade school pretty much but thankfully I don't have to worship some <laughs> man-made entity in order to do it but back in Rome same principle except they had to worship whatever entity it was because it showed faith and it showed Rome pride well obviously the Christians couldn't do that Jesus was Lord they didn't want to worship some other statue and so they weren't allowed to receive their mark and join the guilds and continue to buy and sell things it wasn't a shot it wasn't a chip in the hand it was all figurative about worshiping Jesus instead of the man-made gods and quote Caesar the quote Lord at the time you simply had to stay faithful to Jesus and there was a lot of debate about Christians that would I guess for lack of better terms, lie or play both sides. What I mean by this is there were Christians that would go before Caesar and they would confess Caesar as Lord and they would receive their mark and then they would immediately turn around and repent and try to come back into the church. The early church had to try to decide what to do with these people. Do we accept them back? Have they received their mark? Are they damned? It was a big debate. And so why do I bring this up again with all the chatter in the world? <laughs> This is a, it's a figurative story, it's a figurative truth, it's very truthful, but it's figurative of something that's happened in history. And we can even see it happening in modern times in terms of, let me make this analogy real quick before you get upset. <laughs> Look at North Korea with Kim Jong-un. You have to worship him as, quote, their god. And if you worship anybody else's god, such as Jesus and Yahweh of the Bible, uh, you're immediately taken to a camp and you're... Try, they try to work the Jesus out of you through their slave camps or their work camps, and if you don't crack and you continue to believe Jesus is Lord, you're ultimately executed. That's a better look at it. So if you go to your doctor tomorrow and you get a flu shot, as long as they don't make you confess the doctor is Lord and deny Jesus before you can get your shot, you don't have to worry about it. I've got mine. I'm faithful to Jesus. I'm a Christian. I haven't denied him. I haven't confessed somebody else's Lord. This mark of the beast is simply in regards to something that happened in history, which is figurative for the labellies and worshiping trades, uh, or excuse me, guilds, their uh, idols, and Caesar. And again, you can also look at it to a modern lens throughout nations such as North Korea or even China, where you have to worship their government as God or Jesus and you either worship their government and be able to live freely or worship Jesus and not be able to walk about freely and buy and sell. It's not simply a shot. God is not 
a god of confusion that's trying to trick you out of making a poor or unwise decision in regards to your health. He's not trying to trick generations into a shot. The chapter in, ver in verses is simply stating, are you going to worship God, even if it means your ultimate death, or are you going to cave, deny Jesus, so you can live freely and receive the approval of man? Sorry for going over today. Again, heavy topic. If you have any ideas or rebuttals or simply any questions, because again, I know this is a powerful chapter throughout different denominations, whether you're in one of those listening to this or if you're a member of the Church of Christ, you can always email at churchofchrist.bible.podcast at gmail.com. And I ask that you, uh, well, go easy on me if there's something I missed, of course. <laughs> this is a friendly conversation. I just want to make sure that everybody that listens is... Um, on the same page in regards to this because it's a heavy topic and, and it's important that we understand things such as what Revelation talks about because it can either be a wonderful, inspirational encouragement for us being faithful in the future or it could be something that is terrifying and confusing if we choose it to be.